this podcast is about the recent um, news and information and chaos that has ensued since the announcement of the fact that an algorithm was going to sort out the latest GCSE, IGCSE and A-level results within the United Kingdom. Now, I've been a teacher for over 20 plus years. I'm an experienced teacher, understandably, and I've done various roles within teaching, which have included being an examiner for various exam boards within the United Kingdom and also being an assistant examiner, being a moderator and obviously uh, somebody that is well aware of how school systems work in regards to estimated grades, predicted grades and so on. Just a bit of clarification because I think out there in the wider community there is a lot of uh, basically miscommunication or misunderstanding about what the expected grades were and what the predicted grades were. People were under the assumption that since COVID-19 teachers basically just gave a grade and that was it. They said, right, you know, you're predicted a grade C. There you go. That's what you're going to get. Not that simple. Um, Despite the fact that many, many parents have supported uh, teachers since, you know, understandably being in uh, lockdown, in various lockdowns and various scenarios, they have not really realised that um, quite a lot of the things that have happened have understandably been um, due to a large number of factors that have gone on. And I'm going to just explain this particular predicament of what I'm on about. So when we as class teachers have to uh, give, you know, targeted grades, uh, estimate grades, we do that based on quite a lot of data. And the data will be based on the system that you use within your uh, educational setting. So, for example, mainly within the UK system, quite a lot of people use uh, 3SIS or they use Family Fisher Trust or they use uh, tests that they do. That, you know, some, some schools do an entrance exam test um, that are sent off to an exam board. Most of them now are becoming more digital as well. So you've got CHEMS data. A lot of this predicts uh, initially data for all that student say for example if they're entering into key stage three at year seven uh, stage they do some exams which test their verbal non-verbal cues it gives a ranking of their intelligence it tells you their predicted grades for key stage three and it tells you their predicted grades also for IGCSE or GCSE and it's in line and to be fair most of it is very very spot on um, when the student enters year 10, it, they have to do the similar exam again and so on. Now, this type of data is, like I said, spot on. Yeah, absolutely spot on. It rarely makes a mistake. The only thing it doesn't take into account is things like life situations. So, for example, should that student hurt themselves or um, something happens to them, you know, um, in the UK, for example, there were certain scenarios where certain students might leave the country, they might end up pregnant, they might end up in an accident, they might end up sick or ill. It doesn't take those factors into consideration, but this goes towards the school's grading system and so on. So 
we use that particular data to inform us. It doesn't necessarily mean that that child is going to get that particular thing uh, grade because obviously they've got to put the effort in, they've got to put the work in. But as teachers, you know, we are watching and we are helping our students get to where they need to be, understandably. Now, when you're in IGCSE or A-level stage, each school will have their own system of setting up various scenarios so that they are doing live assessments with that student. Now, most schools will have a termly assessment because at the moment we are assessment mad. Okay, if I think back to how I started teaching to what we're doing nowadays, nowadays it's all about proof, 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 proof. And ironically, this particular year, that has stood in our favour. So most students will have had some form of formal assessment or um, some form of evidence that they have met the objectives, they met particular standards of particular subjects and um, they're showing the core skills and they're showing like the jigsaw pieces of how they are ascertaining that particular grade that's been predicted for them based on the software that, you know, they, they sat the test with. And there are times when, like I said, there are times when you see that student underperforming, you get to know your student and throughout the year, you obviously put intervention in place to try and sort that out. Now, there are times when, um, you know, situations occur, like COVID has happened, where unfortunately, you know, um, it's a situation where you don't see some things happening. So, for example, you know, for my particular students that I've been teaching this year, they had core assessments all the way through that they did in formal exam situations, formal uh, settings and background and so on. And, you know, we as a school had that evidence to support us, to be fair, when it came to this scenario. But some schools might not necessarily be in that predicament because they do business different. Our situation was that they, um, when it came to, you know, COVID-19 and working online, again, because we were a school that deals with information um, digitally, because we're a Google school, luckily for us, we had the assignments, we had proof, um, you could check for plagiarism, you could check for all sorts of things and you'd put conditions in place to make sure that this particular student had um, the data and the information that you needed to provide to have proof about their particular uh, grade. Now, normally, you know, just before the exams are due, you're sort of predicting an es you know, uh, an estimated grade of what you think they're able to get. You do that every year. And you'll have the data from the school and you then justify whether or not you think that student is going to achieve that particular grade. Yeah? So, obviously, you go on quite a lot of information to be able to do that. You can't just pluck it out of thin air. Now, that is an estimated grade, yeah? goes on your results, goes on what you think. The predicted grade took a lot longer to work out. You had to go on all the assignments for two years. You had to look at the data, prior data. You had to look at all the assessments that that student had done. And then you gave like a predict predicted grade based on what you felt professionally that that student would be able to achieve. Now, the um, caveat of that is that basically 
you had to say, you had evidence, you know, to the exam boards, because obviously they'd not been in this predicament before, but you had to prove to the exam boards that you had proof, you know, that you could prove this student had this particular work, you know, and um, you had to show that you had evidence, you know, like I've just said, going back, registering what we've said, discussing what we've said, and should exam boards ask you for that information, then you're able to provide it and provide it without hesitation. So that's fair enough, you know. We went above and beyond as teachers, for each student we taught, having um, a semant, you know, a huge amount of evidence just in case the exam boards turned around to us and said, oh, by the way, you know, you need all this extra evidence. This included, you know, go, uh, doing virtual meets, virtual meetings that were video recorded and put aside, ready to be on a CD to send to the exam boards. And this is international and UK schools, by the way, not just um, not just one particular school. This is how they did it across the board. And there was rumblings uh, happening that, you know, they were likely to change the exam settings by 30%, 30%, sorry. Now, a lot of the people didn't believe that. I, I, for one, did believe that this was going to happen because, I, unfortunately, I had seen it before where years and years and years ago I had taught in schools. And one particular year, I think the message that people were saying was, oh, um, the exams are getting too easy. So because of that scenario, uh, they turned around and the head of education at the time, I think it was Ed Bowles or Michael Gove, I can't remember, but either way, they belonged to the Tory party, surprise, surprise, um, ended up changing the whole grade boundaries as a result of their decision for the entire generation of students that particular year. The knock-on effect was massive. Now, I teach English, and, you know, students were absolutely mortified. A lot of my students that were predicted, you know, a grade uh, B um, were given, for example, a grade C or a grade D as a result of this. Understandably, not getting into college, not getting into sixth form, uh, some of the A-level students got not getting in to university um, and you know the knock-on effect continued and continued and continued so you can imagine how that has a ripple effect for all these people and the ripple effect can continued because the scenario was that these students would not be able to go to where they wanted to go they couldn't go to university they couldn't go to college this they put in a situation where they are forced to do resits. Then they found out that there was resit situations too, you know, and the resit situation was that um, they would have to do the exam at this particular time or another time. And there was all these different scenarios. Previously, you were able to um, sit an exam, for example, um, you would be able to sit an exam in November, you know, and then it got to the point where they weren't even allowing students to do that. There was a reset option in January. They took that away from students as well. 
and they just made it more and more difficult and staggering and prolonging the time that they would have to spend more of their own money to do the resets. And a subject like English, it would be extremely difficult, as you can imagine, because some of you may or may not be aware, but um, the scenario is that you'd have to do five pieces of coursework in controlled conditions. You had set titles from the exam board. If, say, for example, that student was doing the exam in the summer, the coursework could not be counted and rolled over for the November exam or the January exam. Each time, they had to do five new pieces for each exam that they did. Whereas years before, you could roll it over. Okay, So there is a knock-on effect because what you have to understand is we're talking five pieces of coursework ranging from Shakespeare to modern drama and so on. And that's not an easy piece of work to do with each student because they need to know the text, they need to study it, they need to know the historical background. They need to know basically everything in order to give them an opportunity to do well, you know. And unfortunately, a lot of the students weren't given that opportunity, which is, you know, really disheartening if you think about it. Okay, so um, a lot of them, you know, were set up to fail, understandably. And on top of that, you've got to also remember or be aware of the fact that most of these schools are then having to moderate that particular coursework. Moderation means that, you know, you all check each other's marking. You all check that you've given similar markings and grades before it goes off to the exam board, you know, and then the exam board will check if you've been uh, tight or with your grading or within moder within standards, you know. Um, it's not that easy to just do some grading. Let's just put it that way. Okay, so, and people don't recognise that, they don't appreciate that, and they don't realise the things that the teachers have to do before it can even be accepted as, as correct. You know, on top of all the plagiarism rules and various other things as well that happens. So bear that in mind, okay? And like I said, that particular scenario that I'm recalling and refreshing back to, those students suffered massively. Now, this particular year, I appreciate we've had, you know, a far different set of circumstances. However, you know, turning around just on results day and basically someone's decision of, um, you know, we're going to change the grades because of a postcode, basically, a postcode lottery. And we're going to use an algorithm to um, justify and modify the marking or the predicted grades that teachers have provided. I mean, the after effects of this particular decision have been devastating, absolutely devastating. I'm not surprised if students were not, you know, normal circumstances, they probably would be, but knocking on a doctor's surgery door saying, excuse me, please help me. I'm suffering from stress. I'm suffering from anxiety. I'm suffering from, you know, all sorts of chaos because of this one decision that someone has made without thinking about people and about people that are from working class, hard communities uh, that work their butt off, so to speak, that are trying their hardest to make a difference in their life. You know, students that are coming from BAME backgrounds, students that are, you know, desperate to make a difference in their family. Maybe there's someone who's first born you know, or the first one to actually go to the university 
you know, these things do happen. And now the chances are not there at all. There were cases of international schools being affected. Um, there were also cases of private schools having very little grades changed. But the government schools did. And what's more shocking is knowing that schools like Eton had no grades change whatsoever. None. And it became quite evident that this was all a political stance and it was all corruption in some respects. You know, you can look at it in different ways. I'll look at it in a different way. But it's a postcode lottery. And the people that are suffering, the people that are um, struggling at the bottom, they were the ones that were affected by the majority of it. You know, and what does that tell you? You know, what does that tell you? If you're someone from a BAME background, or perhaps you are from a working class background, you're someone who has struggled, you've not had the same advantages as someone else, and then on top of all that, the grade that you've worked for for the two years that your teacher has predicted for you, like I said, it's not simple, they've had to put a lot of background work into this, is then basically you're told it doesn't matter, it doesn't count. And your teachers have overcompensated. No, we haven't. No, we haven't. What you've decided to do is just use another tactic just to basically ridicule us again and to demoralise us again. You know, for a little while, the parents were on a little bandwagon there understanding the hard work that a lot of teachers go through just to teach students. And, you know, the stereotypical response used to be, oh, you teachers, you get six weeks off, you're off again on your jollies, and, you know, you finish at three o'clock and you don't do anything. Well, I think a lot of you realised, uh-uh, that's not the case. You know, we, we do work extremely hard. We are doing a lot of work, and it's not a matter of just babysitting children. We're actually giving them an education, you know. Um, this scenario obviously unfolded and we have now situations where you know people's lives are in the balance you know down to one person's um basically um decision to you know ridicule minimize and you know degrade not only teachers, but other other people as well. You know, these students have worked extremely hard in order to have a future, in order to go to university, in order to make something of themselves. And unfortunately for them, they're hindered. Now, one of the things that's come out of this is the unstoppable uh, support and the unstoppable uh, remorse and shock that parents and teachers have had, as well as, you know, uh, other educators as well. What's been beautiful that's come out of this is seeing the students basically um, protest, you know, and, th and they did something in a very, very proactive manner. And to be fair, it's been lovely to see them support teachers, you know, and to support the system of education that has been looking after them for all this time. And the knock-on effect of that, they changed the decision. 
So luckily now the grades are all going to go back to how they should have been in the first place. But you're thinking to yourselves, why did we even have to go through that process in the first place? You know, the aftermath of this, you know, there are hundreds and thousands of students that have basically now not got their university place. They'll have missed out. And now universities are scrambling, thinking, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? You know, because the people at the top, surprise, surprise, Tories, um, have said, this is not happening. You know, this is not happening. Um, we're not changing it. And now you've, you've been forced to because people have protested and told you about the injustice of what you've done. You know, I can't believe that we're living in a world like that where unfortunately somebody is silly enough to make that type of decision without really thinking about the ramifications or perhaps they have done and they don't care. But I'm pleased, I am really pleased that finally, finally, some justice has been served, you know, because otherwise what's going to happen to these people? You know, there are implications. I mean, there's going to be some further um, further work being done in regards to this. However, why is it that we're in that particular scenario where we're, where we're forced to have that particular predicament happen to us? You know, we shouldn't be in a situation where, unfortunately, our students are suffering. That should not be happening to us at all. But sadly, it is. Sadly, it is. What can we do, you know, going forward for this? I mean, obviously, vote better. That's the first thing. Some of us, I think, you know, understandably have voted Tories for, for various reasons. Brexit being one. Um, also, I think some individuals are tired about certain situations with... Um, people coming in and out of the country, shall we say, and I'll just leave that topic at that. But, you know, you've not made the right decisions, to be fair. You've not really thought this through properly because it has impacted about where you are and what's going on, you know. So I'm glad, I'm really, really glad that the students are able to get in a situation where they're able to sort something out for themselves, and I'm really glad that they're able to justify this, rectify this, and hopefully be heard. Because none of this is nice. None of this predicament's nice. I hope going forward there's no more ripple effects. Um, and I'm sure if there are, I will end up having to do another podcast about it. But for now, please support your students. Please support your teachers. Please support your parents. They've got the best you know, intention around this particular predicament and stop playing with people's lives by changing grades. I'm sure we'll have another topic about this another time, but that's all for now. If those of your students are out there, well done, fantastic job. Keep protesting where it matters. Take care. Bye for now.